0: The National Housing Finance and Investment Corporation we will say the NHFIC, just for for brevity's sake, um, basically released some new housing affordability analysis for first home buyers and renters in capital cities and regional areas. They found that across most income levels, the ability to meet mortgage repayments or rent repayments decreased a lot over the course of the financial year of 2021. Um, Obviously, Uh the affordability metric was sort of dependent a lot on location. So depending on where you were in the country, it may have become harder or heaps harder for you to make your rental mortgage repayments or it became easier and cheaper to rent. Um, The greatest drop in affordability was in Hobart. Some of this is due to the low median income for Hobart. Um, the, yeah. the the average amount of money people make in Hobart's not the same average as maybe Sydney or Melbourne. So I just wondered yeah. your thoughts on that one before we moved on. Yeah, look, I'm,
1: sometimes I wonder about these reports because it's like they should be headed no shit, Sherlock. Like prices have gone up. Um, we've got a rental vacancy crisis mainly caused by government stupidity. Um, so it, it it sort of stands to reason that when, when prices go up because we have a huge shortfall, you know, we're not building enough property um, and the property we're building is in the wrong spot and it takes too long to get things built and approved and that sort of thing. I just like sometimes government reports that just state the blatantly obvious, I'm just not sure what the point is. Um, I haven't actually read the report, so there might be great solutions in there, but yeah, the solution is, um, yeah, as a lot of the guests who are industry experts on your show have said ad nauseum, is yeah, there was steps taken a couple of years ago to make it harder for investors to get loans, so investors went elsewhere. Ninety-five percent of yeah, ninety-five percent of rentals are provided by investors, most of whom are mums and dads who are worried about you know, not having enough money for their super and looking after themselves in retirement. And, um, yeah, I just, yeah, like the report is good. It tells us there's a problem, but we know there's a problem, and most of the problem has been caused by government. Anyway, that's my view.
0: The second one I wanted to talk about, um, it's a little deep in the weeds, so we'll go through it slow, but I'll try and be brief. Um, Simon Presley at Propertyology brought out a report you can find online speaking on the 10 factors that are going to affect the property performance of Australia's markets in the future. So one was rental supply. They broke down how as of July of this year, Sydney and Melbourne had 43,000 advertised dwellings. So Sydney and Melbourne alone had 43,000 advertised dwellings for rent. The, The rest of Australia's market So every other regional or capital city market in the country had 17000 to share amongst all of them. So that rental supply shortage is going to have dire consequence. Lockdown legacies in Sydney and Melbourne was another big determinant. Regional locations becoming much more popular. That's going to be another factor going into the future that might affect property prices long term. How the government chooses to try and raise some of the money back that they have now sort of indebted themselves to from the, some of the COVID stimulus paying people to stay at home, things like that. Interest rates and whether they'll change in the next couple of years was another factor. Supply of housing is obviously one that we've spoken about ad nauseum at this point that we have rental shortages in a few places in the country. We're gonna have more rental shortages in more locations across the country, property market wise, because we don't have a lot enough housing for the population that live there. Uh, china and how our relationship with how much we export to china changes because um we export to 250 nations this is from the propertyology report i'm not really smart i just took this from these guys they export to 250 nations, but 42% of our export revenue is from China. So we, de- we depend nearly for 50% of our exporting revenue on one country alone. So how our relationship goes with China in the future will, depend- will affect how our property markets change as well. Whether the border opens up or not, tax reform and whether the government wants to bring back or get rid of certain taxes in terms of maybe stamp duty, getting rid of that in New South Wales, things like that. And credit policy, which is all about whether or not APRA, which is the one of the regulating bodies want to put regulations or restrictions around how banks lend their money to certain customers more than others, which has a big effect on uh rental, Uh, accommodation across the country uh, uh, among other things so I wondered what your thoughts were about the report or anything you wanted to add
1: yeah look I think the good thing about Simon Simon's info is he sort of goes through a range of factors that you know might influence the property market yeah like generally when supply is less than demand prices go up and you know vice versa but you know, a lot of people say, you know, follow follow where the population's growing, follow the infrastructure, follow this, follow that. But it's just sort of not quite as easy as that. Um, as he's saying that, yeah, you know, there's, you know, Sydney and Melbourne have, you know, 43,000 dwellings for rent, whereas the rest of Australia had, you know, around about 40, 30 to 40% of that. Um the you know there's been a bit of an exodus to people moving to regions and we're not really sure whether that will continue um you know if if we're in in and out of sort of lockdowns or you know people are encouraged to work from home for the next couple of years you know that might increase the move to the regions but if if we you know get booster shots and and everything's hunky dory, um, and businesses get people to move back to the cities and the city offices. Well, that might mean um, there could be some good property growth closer to the cities, especially in Sydney and Melbourne. I'm um, not sure what interest rates are doing. The Reserve Bank has been pretty clear that they don't expect to put up rates maybe to 2023 or 2024, but that's not stopped the banks from upping their fixed interest rates. Some Combank. And I think, yeah, Combank have, have raised their fixed rates four times in the last six to seven weeks. Um, the international borders, like everyone was relying on that to sort of, um, you know, get more, get more workers in. Um, but, yeah, that may not be as happening as quickly as we thought because of these new COVID variants. And, yeah, so there's just, there's just a lot to it. So I think it was pretty good analysis from propertyology on what they think you know, the factors are that's going to, the factors are that will uh, affect properties, you know, the performance of property. So it's just, you know, there's just not one thing you've got to look at. And when when people say that, you know, prices might go up 6%, um, in some areas they might go down and in other places they might double or triple. You just never know.
0: One other one I had, the sort of um, continuing on for the rental shortage issues, um, SQM Research is another website that does a really good um, analysis uh, of statistics about property markets and how they're performing. They showed that the number of vacancies Australia-wide dropped in November, which is a good thing, obviously, but it represented that the countrywide average vacancy rate was 1.5%. I wondered if you could explain what a vacancy rate means to the listeners and what what it means to have a low vacancy rate, what the worries might be in that case?
1: Yeah, so the, the vacancy rate is um, basically the number of properties available for sale. So if the, yeah, you know, th- I'm pretty sure around 2 to 3% is like a balanced market. Anything over 3% is a oversupplied market. Anything under 2% is a pretty tight market. As you've said, Five of the eight capital cities have a vacancy rate below 1%. So less than the, the available properties in the various towns where or capital cities that they're talking about, and in a lot of the towns where the vacancy rate is below 1%, yeah, you know, the there's not many properties available for rent, which means you know, over time, generally. Um, prices go up, sorry, the um, rents go up because there's more demand for rent than there is supply of properties for rent. And then as rents go up, normally what happens is the price of properties goes up because um, people who can't rent buy property, so pushing the price up because they push demand for property, and also investors seeing that there's areas where rents are going up. Might decide to buy there because the rental yield's good. So, um, you know, quite a few property experts um, look at rental vacancy rates to see what's going to happen with prices. So that's normally what happens. But when you look at places like Hobart, um, you know, a lot of people are moving to Hobart. Fresh air, lack of COVID, um, you know, affordability. You know, a lot of you know, a lot of people from Melbourne used to retire to Hobart. and and also retired to Brisbane. So, you know, you've probably had people who are are, um, maybe able to work from home, can actually live in Hobart for a third of the cost and um, commute to Melbourne once a month or or whatever. So, um, yeah, and probably since about 2014, Hobart has been quite a strong market for um, investors.
0: So last one I had was that NAB, which is one of the big four banks, pull out there market sentiment survey they do every quarter. It showed the proportion of Aussies believing that now is a good time to buy a property fell from 44% in the third quarter of 2020 to 29% in the second quarter of 2021. there was also a decline in, in in the recordings of how many people thought it was a good time to buy an investment property as well. So it, it's, uh, it dropped in a few of the states and stayed steady in the rest. So New South Wales and ACT had 12% while the rest dropped to 9%. I just wondered what your thoughts were and whether in our client base, uh, as well as just the overall market sentiment. Are you seeing a similar trend where you think more people are starting to decide? Well, it's it's probably better to just not bother right now to buy a property.
1: Yeah, look, I think we've we've come off it's, it's, with these stats. It's interesting. The we've come off at record numbers of loan approvals. Yeah, you know, record numbers. Like the number of auctions last weekend was the biggest in Australia's history. So we've got lots of people buying property. We've had, you know, the number of first home buyers is seventy. Well, in this year was seventy percent above the ten year average. So we've had a lot of people buy. So it sort of stands to reason that the people who are who haven't been able to buy, may be getting a bit jaded with the process. You know, they haven't been able to find a property. So their sentiment has changed. Um, we find, you know, when we talk to people. Who are just getting you know, pre-approved? We say, look, it might take you up to six to nine months to actually find and settle on a property. So, yeah, you've got to you've got to be prepared for that. And I think I think this instantaneous world of click and collect, online shopping, um, Facebook friends being stars on TikTok and Instagram, where we've got used to this instant world of instant things happening that just doesn't happen in the property world generally um you know you can get lucky and you can get approved reasonably quickly by a bank and find a property within a week or two and settle and yeah, you know, the pro- whole process is done and dusted within six to eight weeks but but generally it's not so but these these stats don't really surprise me that much um the one the one about um the number of people looking to buy an investment property, especially out of their own area, that's quite, um, I think that's quite good because, you know, as we've talked about before um, where you live is may not be the best place to buy an investment property mainly because, um, you know, just cause you like living there doesn't mean it's the best got the best investment potential. So, yeah, they're they're some some pretty good stats, I think. But yeah, I, I imagine you know, there's we you know we've got a few clients who've been approved for a while who have basically almost given up just because they just can't get the property that um that uh, that they want.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, that was all I had for this week. Were there a few things you wanted to touch on before we got out of here?
1: Yeah, so I just want to mention some things. Um, just sort of some some takes on the year. Um. One of the things about broker market share in the um, last three September quarters, so 2019, 2020 and 2021, um, broker share has gone from 55% in, of, you know, these are of loans written, 55% in um, September 2019 went up to 60% in September 2020 and broker market share is now 67%. So people are voting with their feet and, you know, two-thirds of all mortgages now come through a broker. So just to give an example, we had a young client who was, um, you know, buying a place and we were looking to secure a spot on the first home loan deposit scheme um, because of a fantastic valuation um, we got on the property it didn't qualify um, and we were able to get them into another lender. So, you know, we've got, we've got, you know, we might have clients who are like have a, a credit default. Um, they might have, you know, might be casual for um, change jobs gone self-employed, you know, brokers have a lot more, a lot more options and a lot more experience. And yeah, so we're sort of seeing that. Um, In regards to interest rates, um, fixed rates are going up. The days of fixed rates below 2% are just about gone. So if you're on a fixed rate and you're not making extra repayments, it'd be a good idea to start because when you come off that low fixed rate, your repayments are probably going to go up. So if you can build yourself a bit of a buffer, that would be good. Um, Variable rates are actually dropping with a lot of lenders, which is interesting. Um, but we sort of in, in, in expect that as, um, you know, the labour market's pretty tight, so we expect that um, employers are going to have to increase wages to get people, um, you know, to attract the right talent. And with increased wages, that will increase, you know, borrowing power. Um, there's an election coming up, so there could be tax cuts, um, that normally means um, people have more money which they spend which could increase inflation which means interest rates might go up. So I think we can almost guarantee that over the next year or two interest rates are going to go up. Um, we've mentioned the tight rental supply. Um, the, one of the other ones which seems to be getting a bit of airplay is around state land taxes. Now At the moment, if you're an investor with, say, an investment property in New South Wales, so you've got four investment properties in New South Wales, you pay land tax on the combined land value of those properties if it's over the land tax threshold. So what a lot of investors do is they might buy one investment property in Tassie, one in Victoria, one in Queensland, and one in New South Wales. So they've got four properties, and because land tax is a state-based tax... Um, they don't incur a land tax liability, or if they do, it's a lot less than if all properties are in the same state. Now, Queensland has um, been on... They're talking about um, if you're a Queensland investor, you will need to tell the government there where else you own properties, and you might be hit with a land tax on the value of the land you own across Australia. So there is some talk um, that this could...
0: Dave, that sounds yep. like a good way to stop people buying rental properties.
1: Yeah, could be. Could be. So, um, which is you know, interesting. Um, the other one is, the, you know, there's still that proposal around in New South Wales to replace stamp duty with a, an, annual, an annual tax. Um, I just want to finish with just some advice for 2022 for people that are sort of, you know, listening to this while they're um, trying to get away from their relatives on um, Christmas Day. If you're looking to get in a property market, start cutting back your expenditure now. Um, Do a budget. um, Go through, get your last couple of months of bank and credit card and afterpay and zip pay statements and just, you know, look at where you spend your money. Are you saving money? If you're not saving money, you need to start saving money and the best way to do that is 15% of your wage every month or sorry, every pay needs to go into a savings account before it hits your normal transaction account. So start now. Um, If you're looking to buy, get pre-approved. Make sure you get pre-approved and that it is a proper pre-approval, not just a computer generated one. You can't rely on them. Of course, listen to the Finance and Property Survival Guide for, um, you know, great investment, not investment ideas, but just, yeah, discussions with people who've done this sort of stuff before. Um, If you can't buy the property, if you can't buy a property where you want to live, buy somewhere else as an investment. So become a rent investor. So if you're living in Bondi, you might want to buy in um, Bunbury in WA. You know, if you're living in, I don't know, Turak you might want to invest in Launceston. Um, Not saying you should invest in those areas, but if you can't afford to buy where you want to live, um, buy an investment property. Um, Get expert help. Um, Don't try and do it yourself. There's too many... Um, You know, you're coming up against real estate agents who've got lots of experience in selling property to people and their role is to get you to pay as much as possible. So get expert help. Um, Check your credit report. You can get it for free off um, Equifax. So Equifax free credit report. Just check it on Google and you can um, get your free credit report and just check it to make sure your name's correct. Um, that there's no credit defaults and that there's no credit on there that you don't know about. Um, you know, we've had clients who've had credit applied for by someone else in their name. Uh, we had a, um, a guy who's in his second marriage and he still had a credit card with his ex-wife. Lucky they, they got on and there was no debt on it. But um, just check for that. Um and I think that's about it. Oh, probably the probably the last one is with lenders. And we mentioned about the number of people going to brokers. A lot more people are using non-big four banks. So we quite often find that the non-big four banks, so you know people like your, your ING, your Virgin Money, your St. George, your Bank West, ME Bank, Liberty, Bluestone, you know, First Mac, Resimac. Suncorp, all those sorts of guys, generally are a lot cheaper than the big four banks. They don't have extensive branch networks. They don't pay screens of overheads. dollars. Yeah, don't have overheads. So, you know, they don't sponsor football teams or football stadiums. They don't have um, CEOs that earn 10 times as much as the Prime Minister. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but just you know, do your own due diligence. And yeah, if you're going to your big four bank, um yeah to talk to them about your home loan requirements you know they've only got they've only got um yeah two or three products that they can offer you you know the basic loan the offset loan the fixed rate loan that's it whereas a broker can give you those options from and you know 30 to 40 different providers so and you yeah, know help you through the process so um yeah that's a bit of an ad for brokers but anyway that's why we're here
0: well um if people wanted to get in touch with us, we've got a Facebook page, Money Saver Home Loans. You can look us up online too if you just look up moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. That's another place you can find, more, find out more about us. Um, otherwise, enjoy your Christmas. Have a good, uh, you'll probably hear from us before the new year. So I won't say have a happy new year because it'll be too early. But yeah, have a good Christmas. Anything else to add, David?
1: Well, no, yeah, just if you need help, sing out. Yeah. Um... Contact via the Facebook page Money Saver Home Loans or, um, or yeah, we got the contact details on the website. We're going to have a little bit of a break till about the 3rd of January just to sort of recharge. And you know, the the, this week, you know, we're this is the 22nd of December, Wednesday. This week is the busiest week in lending because lots of people wanting to sell properties before Christmas. So, um, if you were looking to offer on a property, um, you know you you'll be pretty hard to get approved before early January so but if you need help give us a shout
0: easy All right we'll finish up with that one give me one sec david